0: Since our family moved to Blythewood about nine years ago, those people who knew me before we came here were a little bit surprised to find out the next time they saw me out here is that I I got bit by the, the hunting and fishing bug. Uh, I just really enjoyed doing that. Now I was just such an incredible novice at all that stuff that I remember when we first started, there were some lessons that I had to learn, some real basic stuff that is probably familiar with all, with all you guys. And uh, one of them I learned is that uh, when you go hunting, you need to make sure that your gun's always on safety. Um, you need to make sure that you don't wear like khaki pants and a cardigan whenever you go hunting, which is something that I typically would have done. And then you'll make sure that your gun's sighted in. And I always thought that if you buy a gun, that it's just, you know, it's automatically zeroed in. And I remember going out with one of my friends, and he said, well, before we go out, you need to make sure that, you're, that your gun's sighted in. I was like, why? It's new. He said, it doesn't matter. So we went, you know, we shot at the target, and I discovered I was four inches high and to the right or y'all y'all are, I know y'all are loving the story so uh anyway so four inches high and to the right and so he taught me how to side in the gun and to where you know I can almost like hit the you know pretty much hit like the middle of the target pretty well and it was a good lesson for me to learn to make sure that my, my equipment's always set right because if I would have gone out and shot at something then I would have been frustrated and I've been frustrated because I wouldn't have been able to hit the side of a barn Now, this is one of the really cool things as I was thinking about this is I thought man, there's just like a spiritual lesson in like just about everything. So I can talk about, you know, shooting a gun and y'all, it can almost be like biblical. And so I'm sitting there, I start thinking about it and I begin to realize, you know, there's a lot of us who go through life, you know, raising our children, um, you know, trying to make sure that we have everything set in our careers, trying to work out everything in our marriage And yet a lot of us end up very frustrated because our lives aren't sighted in. And we keep missing the target and we just get real frustrated about all this stuff. And and I think that there's a very simple answer for it. It's because we are not tuned in or we are not not zoomed in to what it is that God desires for us. Now today we are continuing our series called The Great Adventure. Uh, Last week we talked about The Great Adventure of Marriage and this week we're talking about the great adventure of children. And uh, one thing that I am discovering is that if our kids are going to go in the direction that we desire for them to go, we've got to make sure that their lives are sighted in right and that our lives are as well. And today in our passage of scripture, we're going to see this man named King Solomon share his wisdom concerning the home. And what Solomon was desiring for people to do was to help their children and to help their own lives to hit the bullseye in life. And so that's going to be our focus today is how can we raise our children in such a way that they're going to be able to hit the bullseye in life. And so if you have your Bible, I'd like you to take and turn with me to Psalm 127. Uh, We're going to look in verse number one here in just a few moments A real easy book to find. If you have your Bible, you can go right, just about right to the middle of it and then just start looking for Psalms. I mean, it's not hard to find. So Psalm 127, verses 1 through 5 here. And while you're turning there, just to let you know, the author of this Psalm was a man named Solomon. King Solomon. Now I'm going to ask you all just a couple of questions here. What are some things that Solomon was known for? So I think somebody said wisdom. He's known as the wisest king that ever lived. What else is he known for? He's he's good job. He was the guy who built the very first temple. Matthew was in here earlier in the first service and he said he was known for women. He, wasn't, he didn't have a real good reputation there, but you know, what do you expect from a guy who's you know, like 25 and still looking for a wife? By the way, if you all uh, have any suggestions, you can give me a card, and we'll try to work something out for Matthew. But uh, anyway, he's known for two basic things. He's known as a guy who's wise, known as a guy who was the builder of the very first temple in Israel. You know, the gold dome in Jerusalem? That is where the original temple originally sat. And so while it's, while it's interesting to note that, that Solomon was known as a builder, Solomon said in our very first verse, "...unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain." Now, that's not just true concerning the building of a physical structure. It is also true concerning the building of our families. Unless the Lord builds the house, the workers labor in vain. That's true, not just in the construction business. That is true in our homes, so how, how do we successfully raise a family? You know, how do we bring up our children in such a way that they're going to hit the bullseye in life? And just from this text, there are a few, a few basic things that I gathered here in hitting the bullseye. And the first thing I want you to notice is hitting the bullseye and raising your children. First of all, it will involve a foundation. A foundation has to be laid. And you can see, see this in verse number one. It says, unless the Lord... Builds the house its builders labor in vain unless the Lord watches over the city the watchmen stand guard in vain Solomon is known as one of the great builders of Israel and the reason why is when he was king they really weren't at war And so it enabled him to use all of his money all of his investments and in building buildings and structures and forts all throughout the land of Israel and this was able to happen because God had blessed him with wisdom, but God had also blessed him with riches. But Solomon was a man who recognized that if you're going to build a structure that lasts, if you're going to build a structure that's going to be able to stand some of the storms that come that come life's ways, so you've got to have a solid foundation. And a solid foundation is tremendously important because what's ever built on top of the foundation Its it's longevity, its life is determined by that foundation. So if there's a good foundation there, whatever's built on top of it is going to be able to stand the test of of the storms of life. Now, if you build on a flimsy foundation, then all the stuff that's built on top of it's going to be wobbly. And eventually, it will come crashing down. In the Bible, Jesus speaks about the importance of a foundation in Matthew 7. Verses 24 and 25, here's what Jesus said. He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. Most parents I know desire for their kids... To live great lives. Those of us who are parents, we have a desire for our children to have the very best, to do great in life. Emily and I have, have three children, and it is our desire to see them do well in life. To have a solid, a solid foundation in their life. But what I've noticed with with most of us as parents, there's some ways we try to build that foundation for our kids. And three basic areas that I just really thought of whenever we we talk about parents, you know, this is the foundation I'm going to lay for my kid. And one of the foundations we try to lay for our children to help them be successful in life is there's a a foundation that that deals with education. And we say, you know, if they have a great education, and that means that that if they study well, they're going to get in better schools. If they get in better schools, they're going to get, you know, better jobs. That means they're going to have more money. And that means that their life is going to really go well for them. And I, I don't have any problem with that. I think that, that, that knowledge is power. I think it's a great thing for us to have. But one thing I know is that knowledge does not necessarily bring satisfaction. I know it is not the answer for everything in life. I know that it doesn't necessarily bring complete fulfillment in a person's life. And so there's some parents who, who put all of their all of their uh, eggs or all their yeah, eggs in one basket with education. And if we put that, if we do it right here, then their lives will be great. That's not necessarily true. I know other parents who build a foundation of athletics and sports for their kids, and they, they will sacrifice everything for their kid to be involved in athletics. And I know that the thought process there is that, that if they go into athletics, then you know, they're going to be great competitors, and they're going to be able to beat out other people, and that means that they'll be successful. And you know, it's amazing to me. I'll see these little kids out playing ball, you know, like three-year-old kids playing football, and I'm thinking, man, this is crazy. And parents are just really into it, and they're excited about their kids being out there. And I think the secret deal, nobody's going to admit this, but I think the secret thing for all of us as parents is we think that our kid is going to be the next superstar athlete. And we think, and not only that, we think, maybe he will sign an endorsement contract. You know, like Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods. And I think all of us harbor these, these feelings on the inside. I know that, that uh, I've, I've harbored those things on the inside of my life, and then I go and look at myself in the mirror and think, man, that kid ain't got a chance but just as a little side note, you know what the, the uh, percentages are of your child actually playing college sports are? Uh, depending on what sport, it's anywhere from 3 to 6%. If you, if you try to say, well, what, what, what are the odds of them moving from college into the professional ranks? I'll just give you a couple little stats here. You have a 1.2% chance in basketball and a 1.8% chance in football. That's not talking about you becoming a starter. That's just you being on the team. Uh, it reminds me of that movie from Jim Carrey I shall not name. It says, so you're saying I got a chance. You know, actually not really. Now, now finally I've seen parents lay a spiritual foundation for their kids. This is another foundation you can build. And I believe this is the best foundation that there is. Because I believe it's through this foundation, as, as we determine as parents that our, we're going to build our, our children's lives upon, upon the Word of God, that, that they come into the church and they learn that through Scripture, it's there that they can learn how to filter their, their decision-making through God's Word that will help them to make better choices in life. I, I believe that as we build our children's lives upon a spiritual foundation, that they all of a sudden have a guide for them on how to make ethical decisions in life. It also serves as a tool for them to be able to connect with their, with their creator. Which provides a sense of well-being regardless of what happens to them in life. You know whenever we, we connect with our God. We begin to see that regardless of whether or not we have money. And whether or not our bodies begin to deteriorate. We have a God who promises never to leave us nor forsake us, to always be there for us. And they might say, well, in the, in the big picture, does, does having a solid foundation, does it really matter? Yes, absolutely. Now, I think I can illustrate with the story of a man who's trying to hang a picture. He's very short. And his wife wanted him to hang a picture. So he got up on the chair and he said, is this high enough? She said, no, it needs to be higher. And they didn't have a ladder. And so he said, well, bring me something else. So she brought him a stool. And he set the stool down on top of the chair and he climbs up on top of it. And he's trying to reach. Is this high enough? She said, No. And so she goes out and she finds a box. And he, she puts the box on top of that stool. And here's this man who perched precariously on top of this box. And, he, and he's just lightly tapping the nail in. And it's barely going in. And this wife, says, she gets frustrated. And she goes, just drive it in there. And he says, how can I drive it in there when I'm standing on this flimsy foundation? And I thought about that. And I said, that, that's exactly right. So many of us are trying to drive our children in certain pursuits in certain areas... And yet we are standing on top of a flimsy foundation. And then we wonder, why why, why, can't, we, why can't we give our children something solid to hang on to in life? It's guys, because the foundation is not right. The only foundation that is solid and stable and that is not deteriorating is the Word of God. It's Jesus. It's Jesus himself. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade. You know, things in this world fade away. But the word of our God stands forever. If our children are going to have a life that is going to represent Christ well, that's going to hit the bullseye in life, we as parents have to give them a foundation. The next thing that I see is hitting the bullseye and raising your children. And I like this one, it also involves aim. You have to have a foundation, but you also have to have good aim with your kids. Now, in verse number three it says, Sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Now in verse number four it says that our children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Now arrows, just to let you know, that was the that was the ammunition of choice back during this day when Solomon lived. It was for hunting, for for, war, for warfare, arrows were what you used. The children, our children, are noted as being arrows as though they were in the hands of a warrior. But for that arrow to be effective, for it to, to hit something, somebody has to aim it, right? You know, if that, if that arrow is going to hit a target, it has to be aimed in that direction. It says that the warrior is the one Who is firing the arrow? Who is the warrior? Well, the context of this verse is that it is the parent. Parents, that means it is our job while our children are with us that we are to guide them and lead them and to direct them in life. You don't allow your children to choose the direction they are going to go when they are very young, do you? To do that would be absurd. Can you imagine if you allowed your three-year-old child to choose his menu? Let me tell you something. I promise you, especially my kids, they are not going to choose broiled fish and vegetables. They're going to choose all the stuff that absolutely rots your teeth out of your mouth. I mean they're not going to pick good menus. That's why whenever we go to restaurants, that the parents we, we get the menus, right? And we help them choose what they're going to eat. Why? Because we want them to eat healthy food. We want their bodies to be nourished. We want them to grow up and to be strong. Now, parents, the best thing we can do is to aim our children's lives towards Jesus. Why? Because it's only Jesus that can square away their eternity. It's only Jesus. Now, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, our 401Ks. Spend a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, what's our will going to be? Who's going to get what? All those things are, are necessary. Those are good things to do. But they should never supersede Jesus Christ. They should never become the focus of your Parenting. Because when it comes to having your eternity secured, it's not going to come about because of hard work. It's not going to come about because you have a great retirement plan. It's not going to come about for any other reason other than the fact that your child and you know Jesus. Acts 4.12 says there's no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. It does not say there's no other financial plan. There's no other, you know. There's 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 no other way that you can work other than this, than this particular way to achieve a relationship with God. It says there's only a name under heaven by which man must be saved. That's the name of Jesus. So how do we aim our kids in the right direction? A few practical tips, and I can commend you on one of them today. Bring your kids into the church. You guys are doing a great job. You're here today. Bring them into the church. Why? This is a place where they're going to hear. They're going to hear God's Word. Our, our children back in the children's area and our, our young people over in Segway, they're looking in Scripture right now. And the goal is that they're going to use Scripture to filter their decision-making processes so that they can make decisions that are going to honor God. We pray for our children. It's one thing that you can do. Pray that God will, will protect them, that God will guard their hearts, that God will help their hearts to be sensitive to the Lord. And another thing is Examine your own life and see what direction what direction are you headed? You know, if you are if you're an arrow, where are you? What target are you flying at? Because you see, if we are not flying towards the direction of Jesus, our kids are not going to take our leadership very seriously, because they're going to see that we don't find it important enough to do ourselves. What is your target in life? There's an old saying that says, uh, I don't remember it very well, but let me look. Yeah. Most people aim at nothing, and they hit it with amazing accuracy. Now, you know, sometimes I feel good about that. What's your goal in life? I don't really have one, therefore I cannot fail. You know, so a lot of people, we don't, have any, we don't have any target in life, so we hit it with amazing accuracy. You all know the story of Alice in, in Wonderland? Um, I have a daughter now, so I know all these stories. Alice in Wonderland. There's, Alice comes to the cat, and she asks him, she said, what? what path should I take? He says, where do you want to go? And she said, it doesn't really matter. He says, well, then it doesn't matter what path you take. Now, I think There's a lot of us that that's... Let me tell you something. We, we, we will never know if we've arrived or not if we have no idea where we're going. If we have no idea at that which we're aimed. At, what path are you taking in your life? Taking just any road in life, you're leaving everything up to chance and that's not good enough. Now, it's good for us to have Goals. And have some direction in mind about where we want to go in life. But you better make sure that that direction, that goal in your life is worthy. That goal in your life is something that is lasting, that goes beyond this life. Now hitting the bullseye and raising your children, it begins with the foundation. It involves aim. All right, now here's the final one. Hitting the bullseye with your children. And it also involves letting go. Okay, parents? our children are going to hit the bullseye in life, there comes a time when we have to let go. Verse number four says, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Part of the responsibility of a parent is not just to guide the life of their child. Part of the responsibility of a parent is also to come to a place where they let their child go. On Discovery Channel they did this story about, about some birds that build their nest high up in the cliffs and uh, they build their they build the nest up there so that all the predators on the ground can't get to them. But the, the catch twenty two here is that after the birds are hatched in that particular region, the birds in the area find those young chicks to be prey and so they'll raid the nest. So you can know, see the ground's not good, being up in the in the nest is not good, so what do the parents do? Right after the chicks are hatched the uh, parent, the bird parents, uh, they will take those little tiny chicks and they will nudge them out of the nest. They're way up on a cliff. These birds can't fly yet. They nudge them out of the nest. And so you just watch them on Discovery Channel. They're just tumbling going down the cliff. You're thinking, man, that is not a good ride. And so they go all the way to the bottom. The parents fly down to them. And after they get on the ground, the parents take the, take the little chicks and they, they lead them into, into the woods. To, to go, basically to hide. Now that seems cruel. But the fact of the matter is, when they get them, they get them out of the nest because it actually ends up preserving the life of those young chicks. Now, from the time our children are born, those of you who are parents, you understand this, but from the time your children are born, you know there's coming a day when your children are going to leave the nest, right? Do y'all know that? Now, for some of you think, okay, I know that I might not, I might have to kick them out of the nest, but there's coming a day when they are going to leave, leave the nest. And it's the responsibility of the parent to eventually let them go. Now, if you look back in our text, the, the child is compared to what? Y'all remember? I'm just sure going see how good y'all remember this. What are they compared to? An arrow. The parent is compared to a warrior. Okay, the picture here is the parent has the life of the child. It's like he draws him back, draws the bow back. There's the arrow. If that arrow is going to hit the target, what does the parent have to do, the warrior have to do? He's got to release it. He's got to aim it in the direction he wants it to go. But there comes a time when he has to release it. Otherwise, that arrow is never going to hit the target. There's a lady named Carolyn Cockendall, and she wrote this. She said, letting go is a God-given responsibility as important as love in the parent-child relationship. Without it, without release, children can't grow. Without it, they can't gain confidence and independence to seek and reach their potential in life. Give them roots and wings, as the old saying goes. Love them, protect them, nurture them with a strong sense of God and family, and then let them go. Why is it so hard for parents to let go? And I thought about that, and I think it's because it's contradictory to everything we've done up to this point in our lives. You know, when your kid's born... Yeah they are helpless, right? Yeah they can't walk, so you carry them everywhere. They they can't they can't cook for themselves. So you got to feed them. So you constantly you're taking care of your kids all the time. But then you're told there's coming a day when you got to let them go and you think, "Well, how am I going to do that?" Yeah, it's become natural for us to to have our hand upon their life all the time. But all throughout life our goal is to prepare our children to live alone. To live by themselves, to take care of themselves, and you and you just take incremental steps all throughout the life of your children. You know, it begins with the, you know the cutting of the umbilical cord, right? It gets the first day of school. Mothers, I'm sure many of you remember that dropping your kid off. That's probably heartbreaking for many of you. And then it's their it's their first date. For my son, not that big of a deal. For my daughter, uh, it's, that's going to be a killer. Uh, So, oh, I don't want to think about that. It's like sinful. So there's all these different things. So there's all these stages we go through with our children, letting them go. Because our goal is eventually we want them to be productive citizens who can survive on their own. A few years ago, Bill Cosby spoke at the University of South Carolina, did the commencement address. And he gave a great speech. And I, I just wrote down part of the things that he said Um, He said, all across this great nation, people are graduating and hearing they are going forth. He said, I'm just afraid they don't know where fourth is. He went on to say this. He said, fourth is not back home. He said, we love you and proud of you. We're not tired of you, but we could get tired of you. He said, fourth could be next door, but understand, you are going to pay the rent. Now, that is the job of a parent, to eventually let go. To eventually let him soar on his own. Now, our children can cause great joy in our lives or they can cause great heartache. So that's why, as parents, it is our responsibility to aim them in the right direction and then let go. And when we let go, it is the child's responsibility. They will be held accountable by God for what path they choose to take. But they have a greater chance for success if we aim them in the right direction and then we let go. So how do we hit the bullseye in raising our children? So I look at this text. I say, give them a foundation. Aim them towards Jesus. And then let go. Alright, now parents, what can we do? Alright, a couple things. I want to challenge you today to pray for your children. If you have kids, pray for your grandchildren. Pray for them. If you're with your spouse today, just simply take time in just a few moments. And you pray and say, Lord, we together, we want to join in prayer And we want to pray, first of all, that you'll put a hedge of protection about our children. God, protect them from evil. And Lord, may their hearts be sensitive to you. So parents, just where you are, let's go ahead and just bow our heads and close our eyes. Parents, go ahead and pray for your kids right now. Pray that God will watch over them. That he'll make their hearts sensitive to them. And then you can also, spouses, you can commit that you're daily going to pray for your children. That you're going to bring them into the church to be surrounded by godly people to re- receive instruction instruction, instruction from Scripture. Now I believe others of you, you have a desire. Maybe, maybe you have kids. Maybe you don't. But you know that as, as the time comes, that you look at your life. Say, you know what, as I, as I examine myself, I, I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm aimed in the right direction. I, I I have not made Jesus my target, but you need to make Him your target today. And and so my encouragement for you is just simply to talk to the Lord in prayer and just simply say, Jesus, today, Lord, I want I want you to be I want you to be my target. I want I want you to be in my sights. And so, Lord, today I I give myself to you. And Jesus, I need your forgiveness. And I pray that you will clean up the mess that is in my life. And I pray and ask you to be the leader, the Lord, the Savior of me. Now if you prayed that prayer or something like it, maybe you prayed to recommit yourself to Jesus, you can take your bulletin, you can open it up, and if you look on the right side, there's just some things you can fill out. And then you tear that out, put that in the offering basket, so we can get you some information in the mail about growing in a in a relationship with God. You guys, this this life—let me tell you something—it is a great adventure. It is a great adventure. Last week we saw the great adventure of marriage. This week we see the great adventure of children. Let's approach this great adventure with the leadership and the direction of our God who sees all things and who knows the path of life. Heavenly Father, I am grateful for your word. I am grateful that you love us and you care for us. Lord, I pray that we will have parents who will commit to praying for the well-being of their children. Lord, may our parents aim aim their families towards you. And in Jesus, when that day comes, Lord, may we be willing to let go and let our children soar on their own to discover you and i pray these things in christ's name